I'm Don, an alcoholic and addict. And uh, I was thinking about the steps the other day, and I think there are two things the steps uh, will do for us. One, they'll keep us sober, and two, they'll help us to be at maximum service to God and to our fellow human beings. And uh, in step one, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol and that our lives had become unmanageable. We couldn't stop drinking or using on our own. Our own willpower wouldn't do it. No human power could relieve us of our addictions or our alcoholism, and we had to find a power which we could live, live by, and it had to be a power greater than ourselves. Uh, that leads us to step two. In step two, we came to believe that a power greater than ourselves would restore us to sanity. We saw others solve their problem with alcohol by reliance on a power greater than themselves, especially in these meetings we would hear you know, how people relied on God to stay sober. We came to believe that God could solve our problem if he were relied upon to do so. In other words, we had to ask God to relieve us of our alcoholism and of our addiction. And that leads us to step three. In step three, we made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Here we became reliant on God rather than ourselves. In, this, in, in the beginning of the program, we became reliant on God rather than ourselves merely because of rarely over alcohol and drugs. But as you'll see later on as the steps progress, our reliance on, on God spreads to everything in our lives. We also realized that a life will on, run on self-will <clears throat> won't work. We had to quit playing God as we were no longer running the show. In step three, God is in charge and we offer ourselves to him to mold us as he wants. We have a new faith that God will do for us what we could not do for ourselves. But, as the book tells us, faith without works is dead, and that leads us to step four. Step four is where we made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Here's where the works part <clears throat> that goes with faith without works comes into place. Here's where we take action. We trust in God and we clean house. And step three allows us to make, <clears throat> allows us to make this fearless and thorough inventory with a new faith that in God that will take care of us. In other words, it's a fearless inventory because if step three is in place, we no longer have anything to fear because we're on a path to reliance upon God and God will take care of us. Here we are helped, in step uh, four, we're also helped in a new relationship with God as we see the things that blocked our relationship with him. Most of our character defects and our flaws uh, were things that, and self-will run light, are things that blocked us from relationship with God so that we were unable to rely on God to direct our lives and to relieve us of our alcoholism. In this step, we took an inventory of our flaws, which we call defects of character, our resentments and our fears, and we looked at our part in things. One of the major principles of step four is that we look at our side of the street, our part in our resentments, our part in our fears, our part in, our, in, in, in the aspects of our lives which we uh, inventory, and... Uh, been doing this, we see that a life uh, basically based upon self-will uh, caused a lot of chaos and destruction and separated us from God. And God, of course, is the only power by which we could live. In step five, we uh, admitted to God and to ourselves and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Once again, the fear of doing this very humbling step is relieved if step three is in place because uh, once again, we realize that we have nothing to fear, that, we're, that the, these steps, uh, when worked, uh, we won't be, we won't be uh, 
embarrassed or whatever in step five because God is, is there with us. In step five, we humble ourselves with another human being, and in doing so, we become more willing to give up a life run on self-will. It's funny how talking to another human being, just besides yourself or to God, helps you to even see further what a life on a run on self-will amounts to, what our character defects brought us, and uh, what our fears brought us, what our resentments brought us. When we, ha <clears throat> when we share with another one, we are also freed of a double life which we'd always lived, a life of, one life of secrets and one life of not-secrets. We no longer have any secrets. And we come to know God better through his grace because it enables us in this step to see further how our life was. In this step, by talking to another human being and with God's grace, we're able to even see more clearly what our past has been and what defects of character need to be removed and what fears we've had, what resentments we've been hanging on to. Then we move on to step six. In step six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. In this step, willingness is the key, and this is a very difficult step because willingness is the key. In step six, we're required to become willing to have God take away these defects, the defects of character and the resentments that are listed in our inventory uh, and our fears. <clears throat> we no longer want to behave as we had, and we have to become willing to have God instill new behaviors in us. In other words, in step six, it's implied that not only do we become willing to stop doing what we're doing, but we become willing to have God direct us in a new way, to put something in, in the place of what we've been doing. In many cases, and in mine in particular, uh, we hang on to our defects of character, and there's some of them we just aren't willing to let go of when we get to step six. And step six follows step five, and it doesn't mean it follows it a year's time, it follows it right away, but there are some defects of character that we find out that we are not willing to let go of. And the only thing we can do in this instance is pray for the willingness. Usually it comes through further humiliation, through pain, or through problems from practicing our defects of characters. In step six, this is really a proper act of the will. We, here we are will, willfully make efforts to act differently, to go against our old self and its behaviors. In other words, willingness to let go of your character defects and not to do them anymore is willingness to do something in their place, willingness not to do them, and this is all action. In step six, really you take step six when you stop doing what you've been doing and you start doing something different. Yet as in step, as in step one, where we were powerless over alcohol, we find again we are powerless over our behavior and our own efforts aren't enough. Only our power greater than ourselves can help us change. And it's, it's funny, like going against oneself, uh, making these efforts cannot be done without God's grace. Just like going against alcohol couldn't be done without God's grace. Thus we are really humbled further because we humbly realize that we can't do this thing by ourselves. We can't fix ourselves. We can't take away our character defects. We can, we can do the actions. We can make the efforts. But it takes God's grace to make results change. So in step seven, we humbly ask God to remove our shortcomings. The attempts that were made at change in step six were fruitless unless we had God's grace, and I call it the juice. Whenever I decide I'm going to change myself without God's help, my efforts seem to always fall short. When I ask for God's help and it's his will that I change in a certain way, my efforts are generally successful. 
We find we can't remove our own de defects of character without God's grace, and this is the new humility for us. We're humbled in step one to realize we can't remove our alcohol, and in step three and step two, we realize we're going to need God's help to do it. And in this step, we realize we can't change ourselves. We're going to need God's help to do it. So we're further humbled and further led to reliance on God. Our reliance upon God becomes deeper in this step. And uh, it's a pivotal step in the 12 Steps of Alcoholics Anonymous because it leads, it's the step that leads to reliance upon God in all our affairs. We make the efforts in step six, and in step seven, God handles the results. In step eight, we made a list of persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Once again, the transitional principle of faith without works is, is dead, is active in this step. Uh, step eight and nine are heavy action steps, and uh, they are once again another leap of faith. We realize that God is going to take care of us, that we're doing what God wants us to do, and in that instance we realize that we'll be safe and that the results of these two steps will be just fine. Uh, I know when I did my, uh, my ninth step, I had a lot of problems until I realized that God was in control. <clears throat> we further humble ourselves in this step, and we reinforce step six. In this step, we see how our character defects and self-will affected our relationship with others. But our self-will run riot, fear, character defects, the basis of resentments, all these things affect our relationship with other people. And we list these relationships in step six and our part in these relationships and become willing to make amends for our part in these situations. This further drives us to the willingness that's necessary for step six. So it kind of drives us backwards. We really see our part in things when we make this list. We even get a clearer picture of how our character defects caused us to have ill relationships with other human beings, and it helps us become more willing to let go of some of the things that we weren't initially ready to let go when we did step six. In, <clears throat> in step nine, we may direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so and injure them or others. The amend means to change. That's what the word amend means. And this step is a pivotal step when it comes to uh, the process of change that we go through or the transformation we go through when we work these steps. We, when we make direct amends to another human being, we when we confront the human being directly in the eye and say, look, this was my part in things and it was wrong, we are further humbling ourselves and we're also driving home the point that the defective character that was the basis of the problem uh, needs to be done without. And so this also throws you back to step six. I know when I did a couple of my ninth steps, I really saw much clearer than I had my fifth or my uh, eighth step how I had harmed this other person and what my part in it was because I had to just sit there and right in front of them and, and humble myself and tell them what I had done and, and make amends for it. So this really helped me to change. My ninth step helped me to change a great deal. It helped me to see my behavior much clearer than I had until I reached the ninth step. In the ninth step, we also take responsibility for our behavior. When we go to another human being to make amends to them, we, we tell them what our partner was, and we tell them we were responsible for what occurred in the situation. This is also part of the pivotal part of the change that's involved in this step, because when we take responsibility for our actions, we finally are able to change them through God's help.
uh, an implied part of step nine is that we continue to live the amend which we make. In other words, if we have harmed someone in a certain way, uh, and we go and we make amends to them, and we uh, are willing to do without the defects of character which uh, allowed for that harm to occur, uh, we need to live that amend. We need to live differently. We need to act differently towards that person that we have in the past. We need to no longer do what we have done. We just can't go say, I'm sorry, in our amends, and then repeat the behavior over and over again. It's implied that we change. The real purpose of this step is to fit us ourselves to be of service to God and to our fellow human beings, and this is a real change. This is a true change. That's the change the transformation steps really are about, is, is preparing us to be of service to God, preparing us to be of service to our fellow human being. And the first nine steps are the steps that initially set the principles in place which, uh, which allows for this change. In the tenth step, we practice many of the principles which go from four through nine in our daily lives ongoing, and that's when <clears throat> in all our affairs, in other words, in the, in the twelfth step it says we practice these principles in all our affairs. The tenth step is the place where we actually practice these principles in all our affairs. As we continue to take inventory, we continue to make amends when it's necessary. Thanks. <laughs>